Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. It just got too hard. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. All right, you guys, let's listen up. We won a game yesterday. If we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. Is losing fun? Is losing fun? No. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yes! Welcome to episode two of the pregame.com MLB podcast. My name is Taylor Ringgold. You can follow me on Twitter at Taylor Ringgold. Just type that in the search bar. You'll find me with all my baseball takes. And today, my co-host is Griffin Warner. Griffin, throw us your Twitter handle. And also, how excited are you about just breaking down the National League this time, predictions, futures on this episode? Well, I, I'm, thank you for, for tossing, Taylor. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Um, and there will be lots of content coming for me, uh, probably more soccer than anyone wants, but also plenty of baseball. So get on there. Um, I think Taylor will tell you, both of us, throw questions at us whenever you want. Um, tell us we suck. Tell us we're great. Uh, I, I prefer that we're great stuff, but um, whatever you want, uh, come, come to us on Twitter and, and we'll be trying to do these podcasts as much as possible. Uh, as much as uh, we can get out there, we're, we're getting out to you. And uh, as you can tell, I'm rambling already, so I'm excited for the NL. Uh, I'm, I think we went pretty long on our what, what was supposed to be our AL and NL preseason preview podcast yet, that we recorded last night. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit more to the point, but um, we're going through the NL in depth, and you can expect depth from us going forward. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the NL East, and I'll, I'll let you take it over. So breaking down the National League this year, futures, and we're going to kick it off with the New York Mets out in the National League East. They had themselves in offseason, to say the least. Yes, they lost Javi Baez. They lost Marcus Stroman, two of the bigger names to lose in free agency. They also lost Noah Syndergaard to the Angels, but they acquired some big-name bats and, of course, one of the best pitchers of all time, and Max Scherzer. They also acquired Chris Bassett, who's going to be their number three starter, and they acquired Starlin Marte, Eduardo Escobar, and Mark Canna. Big names in the middle of the order, and also you have two guys in the front of that rotation, DeGrom and Scherzer, two aces, two number ones back-to-back in this rotation, and they do have a decent enough Bullpen. I have them winning the National League East around 94 to 95 games. This team is complete. This team is ready for the postseason. And this is finally the time where the New York Mets will take over the National League East. I know the Braves just won the World Series. The defending champs did a great job in the offseason, which we'll get to. But Mets, for me, are going to win this thing. Yeah, I'm also picking the Mets to, to win the NL East. I will admit I didn't want to buy into the hype. Because uh, they're actually they, they've taken the most money, or at least their odds have changed the most of any team from the end of last season to this season, even more than the Toronto Blue Jays. And that's based off uh, what you alluded to: their great uh, free agent signings, trade dealings, whatever the heck they've done to pull over all this talent. I think you mentioned Max Scherzer coming over as a number two. I have big questions about Jake Degrom and whether he's going to be healthy for this season. 
But Chris Bassett is one of those under the radar. Um, used to be a pitch to contact guy that really has added strikeouts to his game and has really come around. We'll see what they get from Carlos Carrasco. And Taiwan Walker has always had the stuff if he can put it together for a good season. I think you mentioned with, uh, I mean, or at least something that I, I used to live in New York, you live there now. I, I feel like the Mets are, are cursed as a franchise. It's something always bad is going to happen. But the nice part about them is under new ownership, they've got a lot of depth. Uh, the bullpen looks better than it has in the past. There's a lot of good arms also bringing in Ottavino. Um, doesn't hurt to have a little more money to spend, that's for sure. And when you look at the lineup, that does give me a little bit of pause, um, but, but they've got some solid major leaguers in there. Uh, we'll see what Starling Marte can deliver. Hopefully he can avoid the steroids for this year. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, then, true. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's crazy. To, something I talked about on, on the AL podcast is a lot of teams that go really hard into rebuilding over an offseason. Uh, they sometimes start a little, little more sluggishly than you'd expect. Uh, but I do think this sets up really well in the division for them, especially after Atlanta somehow won a World Series last year, and I'm still not sure how they did it. Yeah, that this, this is the issue. You, it's a tougher division now, but they acquired the right guys to keep them at bay. Look, DeGrom is getting an MRI done, as if we, we're recording this on Friday afternoon here. But today, DeGrom is getting an MRI on his throwing shoulder. If that becomes an issue, we're going to have a lot of problems here in New York. But besides that, this team is complete. And another team that also, you know, they did lose Freddie Freeman, but they are the defending champs. And that is the Atlanta Braves. The Braves had themselves an offseason as well. They replaced Freeman with Matt Olson, who is projected to hit 40 bombs this year. They have Austin Riley having an amazing season last year. He'll be in the middle of that order. But will they be able to compete with the Phillies and the Mets? Look, they're going to get um, – eventually, they're going to be getting Soroka back from injury. He had a tendon surgery. But, look, they acquired Kenley Jansen, which was a nice reliever piece with Will Smith. They got Colin McHugh in the bullpen, Tyler Massick, A.J. Minter. They have a deep, deep bullpen. But you add this alongside with Max Freed, Charlie Morton, the veteran, and Ian Anderson – and Winoa, I think they can keep afloat, but I don't have them making the postseason. Losing Freddie Freeman, Griff, is, as you know, I mean, an MVP. He is an on-base machine, averages great all, great all time. It's tough losing a player like that in the middle of the order. And, yes, they're going to have Acuna eventually when he comes back from the DL, from the IL, excuse me. But hmm. I think the Braves will finish in third place around 89 wins. Ooh, interesting. Same third. So I was trying to find a way to pick not the Mets to win the NL East, but I don't know that the Braves are really the team to pick here. Uh, I'm not sure that I see them finishing third, but um, from, from my perspective, that run to the World Series is going to zap a lot of those arms in that bullpen. I feel like bullpens coming off long playoff runs are, are really tough to, to really handicap coming to the next year. Kenley Jansen's had to kind of completely re- restart his career or completely change who he was as he used to be a, a high nineties cutter guy. And now he throws a slider at an alarmingly high rate based on what he used to do with that dominant cutter. Um, I guess you got to adapt eventually, but I just, I don't really believe in, in what was a uh, middle of the road to me, Atlanta Braves team last year that kind of limped into the playoffs, made some big transition or transactions at the trade deadline to get a, completely restock their, their lineup, which worked really well. Credit them, won a World Series. I mean, clearly that worked. I just don't know that it's really going to be repeatable this year. Um, I think Acuna coming into that lineup is, is essential and keeping him as healthy as possible, also essential. 
Um, as you mentioned, Matt Olson uh, taking over from Freddie Freeman might not be, be that big of a drop off. I think Olson just really needs to get into a park where he can pull the ball, hit home runs, which I certainly think he can in Atlanta. Um, questions about ultimately for me though, about what that bullpen is going to turn into for the Braves. I, I can't imagine it'll be as lights out as it was. And I got to say the the rotation does give me some pause as well. I feel like it's a solid, but not great uh, rotation. And that, that certainly might be enough for them uh, to compete with the Mets in the playoffs, especially or in the playoff race or the division race. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that I'll, I'll pick them missing the playoffs, but I do think that I was looking hard at trying to find a way to, to believe in the excuse me, in the Braves for this season. Uh, couldn't do it when thinking about who's going to win this division. The Braves did something last year, which which is always awesome to see, is that they got hot late. They got hot late in the month of August and also really deep into the month of September, and that's why they continued this high streak going into the postseason. That's why they came up with so so much success and also clutch at bats from Eddie Rosario and Jock Peterson last year. But a team that acquired a few big bats, just like the Braves did last off a uh, last trade deadline during the offseason, the Phillies acquired Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, and those are two power bats working with Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper won the MVP, and the Phillies were a third-place team last year. I had the Phillies finishing in, um, and actually, oh, you know what? I made a mistake here in my draft, my rankings here. I have the Braves coming in second. Okay. Phillies were in third. I read it wrong. Braves, 93 wins. Phillies around 89, 90 wins. Just missing the playoffs. And the reason being, it's not the offense. We're going to see an explosion from them offensively. I'd say if you're going to bet on maybe MVP futures, which we'll get into in a few episodes from now, Bryce Harper is definitely going to be up there as a guy that you could pick for an MVP again. But they have an issue in the pen. Last year, that was the issue. It was a horrendous bullpen, probably in my eyes, the worst one in baseball. They did acquire Corin Knable. They have another season of Jose Alvarado. But they got guys that are kind of past their prime, like Juries Familia and Brad Hand. They're old veterans, serviceable guys that can get outs, but they're not going to wow you. The rotation is solid. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Kyle Gibson, Ranger Suarez, and Zach Eflin. Solid rotation. The bullpen is what's going to destroy them down the stretch. So if you like the Phillies and like that offense, I don't blame you betting on futures to win that division, but – Take a look at that. Take a look at the pitching. That's very suspect in my eyes. I have them finishing third. Yeah, I think bullpens are, are clearly important to this podcast. Um, trying to rely on Corey Knable to be healthy just seems like a really foolish errand. I, exactly. I do think that there's a lot of options in that bullpen now, as you mentioned with Familia and that crazy trade they made for Brad Hand last year and absolutely got nothing from him. Um, it seems like he's hit a wall. I, I'm, it's crazy because he was so dominant in years past. But, I mean, it, it's amazing with bullpen arms that they can kind of lose it right away. Um, right. I totally agree, though. Philly lineup looks looks pretty scary. Uh, Bryce Harper, I mean, with an MVP shout, it's interesting to hear because uh, he's got a lot of protection around him now as they get exactly. sandwiched between Real Muto and Castellanos. Um, I don't know what I think about Reese Hoskins and sort of as that lineup goes down from that top five, but – um, what we're used to in the NL, you don't really need that deep of a lineup. I mean, now with the DH, maybe that changes a little. I, I do have some questions about the rotation. I think Zach Wheeler, who's dealing with some arm trouble, I think, to start the season. Uh, but I, I expect he'll get past that. And I kind of trust him more than I trust Aaron Nola. Nola's been great with high sh- strikeout rates, but I just feel like he's never really consistent enough over a, a long stretch besides like the one awesome 
uh, Cy Young type year he had a couple of years ago. Kyle Gibson seems to be tough to trust. Zach Eflin never really seems to put it together, but I do like Ranger Suarez. So um, I, I don't see that there's a huge gap between what I think is going to be in a, a Braves team that will be coming down to earth after that crazy end to the, the regular season and then getting hot and like you said, and winning the world series. Um, but I, I do think that the bullpen is going to come back to bite them as well. And I think that'll prevent them from really giving it a, a chase to the, the NL East. Now to finish off, we have two teams that are at the bottom of this division that are going to be competing for last place here. When you have the Marlins and the Nationals are both in rebuilding stages, but the Marlins are an interesting team. You lose Derek Jeter in the front office, which Jeter wants to spend money, and he wanted to get Nick Castellanos. That was, that was out there. Castellanos was thinking about Miami. Didn't happen. But they went out and got Avisil Garcia, who is one of the better consistent bats in the, in the major leagues right now. He's in the middle of the order with Jazz Chisholm. They added Jorge Soler, and they have you know Aguilar from last year. Miguel Rojas is a team captain for them. The offense is not going to be is not going to generate enough runs for them to win a lot of ball games, but this is a team in a few years that could maybe get it done because the rotation is going to be so freaking strong, led by Alcantara, Lopez, Rogers, Jesus Lazar. We talked about in the last episode coming from Oakland, and they have Edward Cabrera who's going to be, I think, maybe starting in the bullpen, maybe or it's just starting in the minor leagues, and he'll come up. That's a wow. A lot of people, his stuff is nasty. But the team, you know, I have them finishing fourth. They also have Sisto Sanchez as well, who's on the injured list right now. And the Nationals, man, they're just not good. And they are clearly in rebuild stage. They have a lot of young guys that are going to be playing on this year's roster with Josiah Gregg in a full year under his belt. You're going to see catching project Caber Ruiz, who came from L.A. in the Trey Turner deal. And, of course, Juan Soto is going to be an MVP candidate still, even on a terrible roster. He's going to have an incredible season. It's just these two teams are not going to be competing. Suggested Suggestions not to bet on these guys to win a lot of ball games <laughs> this year. Anywhere from 60 to 68, 69 wins for both of them. That's just my eyes. Quick little roundup for the analyst here, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, well, I mean, so that's part of this game is that when you look to bet these teams, unfortunately, unless you're looking to lay and eat pretty big chalk every game, then you got to look at some of these teams to back. I would agree that the Nats and the Marlins are probably two teams that you want to keep a little bit further away from your uh, betting wheelhouse, if you will. Um, But I think, as you said, I mean, Marlins pitching staff is so deep and they play in a monstrous cavernous park. So that fits. I think they're going to be one of those teams you probably want to avoid on the road because they won't be able to keep up offensively. But at home uh, with last at bats, uh, I think they're in a position against a team that doesn't have a great starter that day, that you could make some money on the Marlins, and I'll be looking to do that this season. With that said, I don't really know what the plan is for the Nats. I mean, they are in full-out rebuild mode. Nice that they got Nelly Cruz to to give Juan Soto some protection, uh, but I'm still walking Juan Soto whenever I I need to. So uh, not really sure where to take it from there, but uh, I guess those two teams won't be on uh, Taylor's radar too much this season, might be on mine a little more than I want them to be. And uh, we can go to the NL Central unless you got something more. I'll be, you watching Juan, I'll be watching Juan Soto. That's just about it when it comes to those guys. I love Jazz Chisholm too. But teams that I really like, we're going to talk about right now, is in the NL Central's kicking off with the team I think is going to win the division this year. Bet on kids is the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm saying 97, 98 games. They're going to have an absolute monster season if 
we see the old Christian yellage. If we see the Christian yellage of old, they are a very high potential of maybe even, this could be crazy to say, even reaching the World Series. Wow. Because when you have a Christian yellage, a healthy and a healthy Christian yellage who's back to his full form, batting average champ, MVP, cranking out 30, 40 homers a year, you just need that back. But besides that, Willie Adamas has emerged as a very awesome, very, very reliable power-hitting shortstop. And they also have a professional who's up at the top of the order with Lorenzo Cain and Colton Wong. They had a Renfro in the offseason and the pitching staff. You could make this up as maybe the best in the league compared to the Mets. You can say even comparing to the Dodgers rotation. You have Corbin Burns, Cy Young Award winner, Brennan Woodruff, who can keep up with Burns, and the young kid hitting that three spot, Freddy Peralta. Both all three of those guys had 200 more strikeouts last year, and that is just the tip of the iceberg for them. The bullpen: Hader, Williams, Boxberger, one, two, three headed monster they got in that bullpen. I am so in on this team this year. You just need the offense to take hold. They made the playoffs, made a run last year because of the pitching. The offense needs to be that this year if they want to win what I'm projecting a lot of wins this year and a division crown. Yeah, I mean, hard to pick against the Brewers. I'm not sure that I am uh, feel comfortable with going with one of these other teams because the rest of this division looks hideous to me. Uh, but to me, I got to say, the Brewers feel like the Marlins North. A uh, lot of pitching, a lot of pitching. Hitting is a big question. I don't know how you can expect. I mean, the range of outcomes for Christian Yelich this year are so, I mean, I, I don't know. Is it here to Mars? I'm not even sure. Like he, I'm sure battling health and injuries have been a big part of his career. Maybe he somehow figures that out. I kind of treat always injured players as that's only going to happen yet again uh, for the rest of their career until they retire, especially as they age. When I look at the rest of this lineup, Colton Wong and Lorenzo Kane, top two. That looks like a lot of outs to me. Kristen Yelich hitting in the in the most important position at hitting third. I don't know what to say about him. Andrew McCutcheon coming after him. And then you got Adamas, who you mentioned, who's probably the second best hitter on this team. Yes, uh, I don't know. I, I have I have a lot of concerns with how this team's going to hit. I, don't, I just don't know that the rest of the division is good enough to really stack up with them. The other team that we're going to get into right now is the St. Louis Cardinals. I have them finishing in second place, making a wild card spot around 93 wins. It, it is very hard to not pick them to win the division either. You know, their roster is very complete. One of the be- probably the best defensive team in the entire league. Bet highly on this, t- this Cardinals team to make a nice stretch to win a lot of games in the hardest months in August and September. When you have Nolan Arenado batting fourth or third, wherever you want to put him in the order, with Tyler O'Neill and Goldschmidt, two, three, four, that is a nice lineup to have. They have Harrison Bader at the bottom of the order as like a second leadoff guy, Tom Yevitt at the top. They have Albert Pujols, which is such a cool story, getting Pujols back as a Cardinal. I would say he'll be a DH mixing with Corey Dickerson and then Lars Nupar, which is a nice one of the best names in sports, I think. Great name. Great name. And you have Adam, Adam Wainwright and Steven Matz and Miles Michaelos. This is the, that's the problem. The rotation isn't strong. That's the reason why this this team is falling second place for me. The rotation isn't strong. The bullpen, on the other hand, 
has some arms. Giovanni Gallegos, Cabrera, Ryan Hensley, Jordan Hicks, guys that throw 100 miles an hour or higher. Anywhere from 99 to 103. We saw the other night Jordan Hicks in the minor leagues, uh, excuse me, spring training, striking out Jazz Chisholm on a 102-mile-an-hour fastball, running 18 inches to the right. You can't hit that. So, look, if you're going to bet on the Cardinals this year, I don't blame you because they're good. They're good. They're going to win you a lot of games. They're going to win you a lot of bets. But I don't think they're going to win the division this year. I think it's going to be the Brewers, Cardinals, 1-2, and then the rest of the division is a dumpster fire. Well, before we get to the dumpster fire, uh, I'll come (laughs) in with – so. I got some concerns about the Cardinals. Um, the bullpen is very strong, but uh, can get very wild at times. Uh, as we certainly watched last year, maybe that was a good start for them to kind of get their feet under them and start maybe taking the big steps in their career to becoming dominant relievers. If that happens with all of them, uh, this could be a really scary team to play. I think, as you mentioned, the starting rotation does seem to have some holes or uh, a lot of pieces that don't really seem to be very dominant. And so there's might be a lot of work that goes to that bullpen, which uh, you can't tire it out too early because it only lasts for so long. Um, I think the lineup is also very right-handed, which worries me a little bit. Uh, doesn't seem to like very left-handed, I think is a worse lineup than a very right-handed lineup, but still um, I just, I don't know. I, some rumors about Carlson maybe leading off and, and dropping Edmund lower uh, to try to get some more bats up at the top of the lineup. I'm not really sure what the, the game plan really is. And then I, I think getting rid of Mike Schilt was interesting as well. Um, yeah, that was great have, too, huh? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, great great end of the year uh, with a big run. Uh, but I think he wasn't taking the – I mean, John Moses-Daylock seems to be kind of all over the place, polarizing figure. But um, from, from where I sit with with the Cardinals, I was I was close to picking them to win the division – um, and I, cause I really don't like the Brewers. Um, uh, I, I gotta say, and certainly as an odds on favorite, I'm not a believer, but, um, I just don't know that the Cardinals are strong enough to, to really do it. Let's run through these last three teams pretty quick before we get into our national league West, which is going to be a hell of a division to watch this year. The Cubbies, the Reds and the Pirates, the Cubs, I think are in a position where they're going to be playing a lot of spoiler this year. I have them winning around 74, 75 games this year, sitting in that three spot in that division. They have some talent. They just got acquired this guy Suzuki from overseas in Japan. They have big Frank, the tank Swindell at first base. who's going to crank a lot of home runs. I love me some Patrick wisdom. He's going to crank out a bunch of bombs, but there's just not a lot of consistency. Yes, you've got professional hitters like Nico, um, sorry, we had Nico Herner, Horner, and then also Nick Madrigal at the bottom of the order. But they're in a situation where it's like, are you going to rebuild or are you going to try to compete? I don't know what you're trying to do. They got Clint Frazier, who hopefully has a re-emerging you know, career after a subpar New York Yankee career. But the big acquisition for them this offseason was Marcus Stroman on a three-year deal. Strowman is going to find a home here in Chicago and he's going to, I think he'll be the one or maybe two uh, Chicago Cubs to make an all-star team this year. And that's all they got. That's all the Cubbies got. And we can run through the Reds real quick. The Reds, I mean, geez, uh, they just traded everybody, huh? I feel bad for Votto. That's really it. I feel really bad for Votto. They traded Winker and Suarez and Garrett and Sonny Gray is gone. They have Hunter Green coming up in the minor leagues. He'll be starting actually on opening day on the roster. He's the number one prospect for them. It's tough. And then the Pirates, man, they got prospects. That's really it. Brian Reynolds is rumored to be traded. 
to maybe the Padres in the next few weeks. I don't know. Pirates are a team where you won't be seeing them competing for a division title for the foreseeable future. Maybe three years down the line, you might see them competing. I'll take the Other over. Than that, I'll take the I'll, over. I'll, on, you take the over on what? I'll take the over on three years of the the Pirates trying to compete in this division. Yeah, I, I don't think that. they're. I don't think their franchise is anywhere near uh, that they have, type they of have situation. They have minor league guys, though. They got like Quentin uh, Brewster, I think, or, or whatever his name is. He's a minor league pitcher for them. They got some minor league guys, but you're right. When you're trying to compete with the Brewers and Cardinals for twin divisions, they're a long ways away, unless these two teams tank. But, I mean, the rest of the division is going to have a tough time in the next few years. Yeah, so I think just my quick opinions on these teams. I, I think the Cubs usually catch a lot more money than they deserve. So that's certainly someone I'd be looking to, to, to fade potentially beginning of the year until people realize how poor they are. Exactly. Uh, I do think that they look, they're they they look a lot better than the, the Reds and the Pirates, but it's hard to look worse than those two. I mean, it's crazy how far, how far the Reds have fallen from a, a playoff spot uh, in the, I think the COVID season to now where they are, but, but that's what happens when you sell off your big pieces and uh, Pittsburgh, as we mentioned, not a huge, a lot of faith or confidence for me in their ability to, to compete, especially when they're trading like three of their best minor leaguers for Chris Archer from the Rays when they finally think they're competing like they did a couple of years ago. So um, that's probably the the quick and dirty of the NL Central. Def- definitely not the most competitive <laughs> really of all divisions. Uh, I feel like maybe you want to back the Pirates at home a couple times this year, but probably not because even big uh, leagues you know, are going to be something they surrender. I'm staying away all day long from that team. I'll watch them from afar. I want to see Cruz and Brian Reynolds hit a little bit. But other than that, I want to continue to watch the absolutely talented and competitive National League West. The Dodgers. What are they? Did they do anything this offseason? Did they get anybody? Something. uh, Somebody named Freddie or something? All right. The Dodgers acquired the best free agent on the market. Of course they did. When you have Mookie Betts already, Trey Turner you got last year, Muncie already, Turner, Will Smith, not the one slapping somebody else on the stage, Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, and Gavin Lux, let's just go out and get the best free agent possible. And they did. Freddie Freeman's going to hit in the middle of the order, two, three, maybe even four. You could throw him batting nine, and then he'll still hit 100 RBIs this season. The the rotation, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, those three guys – is extremely, extremely impressive when you're trying to compete for a division title. And they just acquired Craig Kimbrell today. If you're recording on Friday, if you're listening the next day, they just acquired Craig Kimbrell straight up from the White Sox for A.J. Pollock. A.J. Pollock was a nice bat. He just didn't, couldn't really – there wasn't a spot for him to play. They also have Blake Trident, Daniel Hudson, Bruzdar Gratterall. It is a really deep – bullpen i have the one in the division and the numbers gonna maybe be a little eye popping for you griff with the number of wins i'm projecting ooh, ooh, here ooh, ooh, ooh. go ahead 113 whoa this wow. is gonna be the best team we've seen since the 2001 mariners the 98 yankees this team is extremely complete if the guys can perform stay healthy this team is absolutely gonna win 110 games plus wow uh that's a lot especially that's a hot take division I, I mean, hey, that they come for the uh, it's certainly not coming for our looks. It might as well come for the hot takes. Um, right, you know, well, say, talk for yourself, bro. I'm gonna look at you too. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, I got to say 113 is a big number. Um, sure. Is. Very attractive guy across for sure. Um, but so uh, when I look at the Dodgers, I mean, they're, they're certainly, I mean, what, what more do you say about them? They've been really dominant. Um, though the one world series during a COVID year, uh, does feel like they should have, it almost feels like they've underachieved for a long time, but that lineup's going to be really scary. Um, to rotation besides the, the Heaney spot, which I'm wondering how long he hang, hangs onto that one. Uh, Jeez. but it doesn't really even seem to matter because the Dodgers have a ton of, ton of spots, ton of depth. They've clearly got the payroll. They'll make the big trades to grab Trey Turner and Max Scherzer like they did last year. Um, I, I think they've probably been very disappointed. Fan base has certainly been disappointed in how they performed. Um, but I don't know if I'll give them 113 wins, but I do think that they are the best in the division and that there's flaws in the, in the other teams that are trying to catch up to them. Yes, the, the other teams in the division, it's unfortunate because last year we saw a really competitive division. And it's going to be competitive again, don't get me wrong. But the separation from adding Freddie Freeman in this lineup, I think bolsters a team up five extra wins. I, I, it's, it's incredible what kind of talent he can bring to the field right off the bat without even starting a game. And the second place team in this division making the, in the final wild card spot in my eyes is the San Francisco Giants. I'm saying they're on 90 wins this year. They lost some key guys. They lost two big names. Kevin Gosman went to Toronto for a five-year deal. And the most random one, which we'll talk to in a second, is Chris Bryant to Colorado on a seven-year deal. I mean, you could say any other team besides that team. I mean, so weird. But besides that, they lost Buster Posey. He retired. Joey Bart's could be this new catcher for them. He was a first-round pick, second overall in 2018. He's their big prospect. He's finally going to get a shot. The lineup is a little weird. Look, if Mike Yastrzemski can perform at a high level, hit a better average at the top of the order, maybe in the middle of the order, that's a nice piece. Brendan Crawford's going to be consistent. So is Brendan Belt. They added Jock Peterson. I love Wilmer Flores, consistent hitter. The rotation is where they're going to keep themselves afloat. Logan Webb. And Carlos Rondon at the top of that rotation is extremely important. Rondon had a great season last year. And you add that with Di Sclafani, Wood. And I just saw an article the other day, Griffin. You know who Alex Cobb is? You know how bad he's been over the years? I, I don't know. I, I think he's been pretty good. But go ahead. Keep going. I think he sucks. But <laughs> all of a sudden... He's topping 97 miles an hour. He's never even hit that. He's a 92, 93 sitting there. See, did something this offseason. He's now hitting 97. If that is true, that is a weapon at the five spot in that rotation. And then the bullpen's also very strong. I love McGee, Duvall, who throws about 100 million miles an hour. Tyler Rogers throws some Marine. I like Zach Littell and Alvarez as well. This team is complete. Pitching-wise, offensively, they might struggle a little bit throughout the season. But will we see another point in time where we're going to see the Giants go after like a Chris Bryant-type guy during the deadline like they did this past season? I don't know. But, look, you can bet on this team. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think no team is anywhere close to this Dodgers team. Yeah, 113 wins is, is a big number. Um, so I, I do really like the, the Giants. Um, I probably wouldn't have gone over them second in this division, but uh, glad you did. Glad you brought them up. Because I think that their lineup is uh, going to be weak, but also feels a lot like the Rays to me. Going to live on platoons, just seeing like how many lefties they have in their projected lineup right now. 
on fan graphs. Um, they have you know, four I, I starting off the lot. They have four. I, I mean, and, and it seems like that's going to base. So it's really going to going to depend on who they're up, up against each day Actually, um, like and what that lineup looks up. like. It yeah. So uh, from where I'm looking, I mean, I think the pitching is, is going to be what makes this team. Uh, they play really well at home, uh, though. For some reason, AT&T is not the pitcher's paradise that it's used to be. I don't know exactly what changed. Maybe the humidor is going to affect that as well this this, this season. Uh, I think all 30 Major League Baseball teams have a humidor now installed. Um, but when I look at their rotation, I do have some concerns about Carlos Rodon and his health. Uh, he seems to be hurt every year, uh, and I don't think that'll change later in a career for some guys. He's about to hit his age 30 season. Uh, Logan Webb was awesome last year. We'll see what we can get from DeSclafani as he was kind of uh, maybe a, a sheep in wolf's clothing, uh, but definitely like the Alex's at the bottom. Alex Wood uh, always has had nasty stuff, doesn't really get too deep in games, but that will then rely on a, a, a Giants bullpen that I think outperformed a lot of people's expectations last year. And if Cobb's hitting 97, that changeup is going to be that much more more dirty. So uh, I got to say, maybe maybe that's our podcast bet for this season is, is we'll figure out a win total for Alex Cobb. Problem is pitcher wins are such a thing in the past. But when I look at the bullpen, Jake McGee was awesome last year, has always had a, a big, big arm, um, wondering when that will fall off. But until it does, I think you got to believe it. Camilo Doval with a lot of the saves down the stretch last year kind of showed at a, at a, as a 24-year-old that he can really uh, – he can, he can bring it. So it really depends on what you expect from the Giants lineup this year. I agree that they're probably not good enough to challenge the Dodgers – but then again, they weren't last year, and they were in the race for a pretty long time. So uh, I'm interested in backing this team, especially at home. And it seems like yeah. the Giants, they, they know how to win. They've got a lot of veterans in that lineup. So I, I like this team a lot, and we're looking to back them a lot this season. My third-place team in this division, and it might be a shocker to some because a lot already, of people might – It's shocker to one already. I know. I have the 89-win projected team, the San Diego Padres, sitting at third. And I'll explain why. When you have Fernando Tatis Jr. starting off on the IL with a wrist surgery, and when he's going to be out for a few months, that's a big loss in that road. And that, and that lineup, it's not only the lineup. Now, everyone listening, look, you miss a guy in a lineup or the rotation, that's one thing, right? You're not going to see him play. The team morale situation where you have a guy consistently in a lineup, he's consistently in the dugout, on the roster, starting every day, that team morale, the the positivity always in the lineup, the gelling of the team when he's playing every day, that matters when you're trying to build a ball club and build a playoff team. And he's not starting the year off on, on the roster. He's not starting in that lineup in the middle of the order like we've always seen him. So that's a problem. Now they have Manny Machado. They have Jake Cronenworth. Cronenworth is one of my – Favorite players from last year. He emerged and had a great season. They acquired Luke Voigt, who will be the DH. He better not be touching first base because he can't play defensively. Eric Hosmer is a guy who has really fell off, and he was one of my favorite players throughout his Royals career, and he's had this big contract in San Diego and hasn't emerged into much, and that's really all they have. Rotation-wise, Darvish and Musgrove are going to be leading the pack. Clevenger, who's going to be an interesting thing, how they're going to work with him after his injury from last year. Blake Snell needs to pitch more than four innings to give my input as a bona fide starter in this rotation. And then the bullpen, it's up in the air for me. Look, they're looking at Lamette as a closer for them, where Lamette was a starter a few years ago. They have Emilio Pagan, Austin Adams, Craig Stammen, some veteran guys in that bullpen. 
Ryan Weathers, who might be a star for the future, will be in the bullpen. And a guy also, talk about this guy, Chris Paddock. Where is he going to fit in this rotation? Is he going to be in the bullpen? I don't know. That's why I'm saying there's so many question marks alongside not having that decent lineup, 89 wins, just missing the postseason for me. Yeah, so I, I don't think you're you're crazy in, in putting this out there for the Giants finishing second, but I, I do think that that the marketplace really believes in this Padres team, for right or for wrong. Um, I, I think totally totally on board with uh, missing Tatis. So that's a huge. I mean, the heartbeat of that entire team. Big problem yeah. for their lineup because that removes a bat that they really need. Because unfortunately, I don't know that uh, Kim or Profar at the bottom of the lineup are really something you're you're that afraid of if you're facing the Padres. Um, Totally on board also that their bullpen looks like it is, uh, I don't know, dumpster fire is, is, is the right way to describe it, but certainly is concerning to me getting a lead to, to Nelson Lomet late, who is one pitch away from an injury more so than any person potentially in, in all of the big leagues. Uh, Emilio Pagan, great arm, but that didn't really put it together once he left Tampa Bay. Um, not sure that he will all of a sudden do that, though there's a lot of options back there to potentially try to settle that bullpen. I think it's going to take a while. It's going to take – uh, really probably seeing who has the best start to the year to kind of figure out those roles, which doesn't make me that comfortable. But I do think um, co- comparatively where the market rates this team is that the, the Padres are probably going to be overpriced for a lot of this season uh, until Tatis comes back or until we kind of figure out who they are. Until Blake Snell has, has shown that he can go, like you said, more than four innings um, or that he has any sort of consistency or <laughs> believes in the pitch plan that his team gives him. Like there's a lot of questions for me there. You Darvish, not a great year last year, but um, would expect that he'll return to form, whereas Joe Musgrove likely goes the other way from being a dominant force last year. And then you got Clevenger with a big arm, um, who I think I'm probably most bullish on versus expectations coming into this season. Uh, but my, my question is, is ultimately, like, can this Padres club, which has been really expected to compete for a while and it's spent a lot of money on players and it really hasn't done much now without Tatis, I'm not sure that they're – uh, or actually, I am pretty sure they're a team that I want to go against, at least to start off this year, until people will really evaluate who they are and what this lineup actually looks like. See, last year they won 79 games. I have them winning 10 more, but not enough to win the po- to make it to the postseason. Now, teams, the Colorado Rockies and the D-backs. The D-backs are going to be a hilarious team to talk about in a few seconds, but the Rockies are – they let go Arenado a few years ago. Trevor Story doesn't re-sign with them. This offense, you can debate it that the lineup's pretty good. Like, Charlie Blackman will probably be a DH this year. He will crank out 90-20 home runs this year. Ryan McMahon had a great season last year, and he's one of the best defenders at third base. C.J. Crone, who is a beast in that lineup at 31 home runs, or projected hit around 31 home runs. Brendan Rodgers finally has an opportunity to become the starter last year, and he does great. They acquire Randall Gritchick, and then they go and get Chris Bryant. Why in the world is Chris Bryant going to Colorado, where he might not even play third base because McMahon's there, which has the spot. Looks like Bryant will be the starting left fielder for this team coming up in 2022. Why? Like, why don't? You, why didn't you just re-sign with the Giants? That's from like, right? He's a he's a Las Vegas kid. It's not that far away. You had a good run with them in half the year. Why? You I think money a, talks. I, I and I was do. just about to finish it. Money talks. The guy's got a ring. 
He has some money now. Why not end it there? You crank out 30, 40 home runs because everyone loves him in Colorado. But the bullpen and rotation, it needs a lot of help. They're going to win, in my eyes, about 74 games this year. It's about one game over from last season. Actually, it's the same amount, actually. They're not going anywhere, I guess. Um, but they're my fourth-place team. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yikes. They won 52 games last year. I have them winning 50 this year. The Diamondbacks are a, like I said before, we talked about how the National League Central is kind of a dumpster fire division. The Diamondbacks are a dumpster fire organization. They just re-signed Cattell Marte to a long-term deal. They just did, I think, Merrill Kelly, who just signed a long, a two-year extension. They have Carson Kelly. David Peralta's past his prime. Madison Baumgartner's a million years old. Zach Gallon's okay. Ian Kennedy's still pitching. And that's it. Nothing really exciting for the Diamondbacks. They have a few prospects that could be coming up in the next few years, but they're just another tough year for another tough organization that continues to just suck. And that is just all I can say about these last two teams and the Diamondbacks. Well, uh, so the D-backs, they did have a good run a couple of years ago, but every season, every season they get further and further away rather than closer, despite spending big money on Bumgarner. Still don't understand that one. But, um, yeah, I think the D-backs look like the worst team, and there looks like a, a pretty big divide between the top three in this division and the bottom two. Um, certainly agree with the questioning why Chris Bryant did what he did, but – um, the Rockies also, why they brought them in is a question mark to me. I think both of these teams are going to be in, I mean, clearly playing baseball and Paul parks that are going to score a lot of runs. Uh, I don't know that their offenses are very good, but their pitching certainly isn't. Um, uh, so I think those are two teams you want to look to play the over on if you're, if you're a totals player or something of, of that sort, but I, I don't know, maybe the Rockies at home catching a team off a tough series. Maybe that's a situation you want them. Maybe the, the D-backs scoring a lot of runs. I just don't see it with that lineup. So two teams that I'm hoping to Gross. keep off my card as much as possible. So that was our National League standings, projections, our futures picks. But now we're going to finish off with our best bets to end this episode off. Griffin, what is your best bet right off the bat here? Man, so yeah, tough tough to go with. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these divisions look pretty gross. Um, I think the Dodgers win pretty handily in, in the NL West. Uh, and then I think it's more of a toss up in the, in the NL East. I, I wish I was close enough to taking the Cardinals um, as my best bet to win the, the NL central, but I just, I feel like there's enough of a divide between even a Brewers team that I don't really believe in. So I'm going to pick the Mets as my uh, best bet to, w- to win the NL East. Uh, how about you? I'm going to keep going with what I said before. The 97-win projection, Taylor Ringgold, Milwaukee Brewers are my best bet to to win the division, and it's going to be amazing when I'm right, Griffin. It's going to be amazing when I'm right. I'm saying now, everyone's listening, bet heavily on the Brewers this year. Now it's going to take a little time for this offense to kick in, but the rotation and the bullpen is what is going to make this team a winning ball club this year. Craig Council knows what he's doing in Milwaukee, and this team's winning 97 games and winning this division. That is the Taylor Ringgold best bet. Griffin, another great episode here. We're going to round off here with what we're going to talk about next episode, which is going to be postseason futures. We're going to break it down, to, uh, you know, uh, 
round by round, and then we'll give our World Series picks at the end. But Griffin, get plug us your your Twitter handle and your send off here. Yeah, uh, the real underscore G Warner on Twitter. Taylor, how about yours? It is at Taylor Ringgold. You can follow me on Twitter. Tweet at me. Yeah, tweet at us both. We'd love to uh, get involved in any sort of conversation. I think anybody that, that wants to bet bases with us, it's a long grind of a season. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, feel free to find us on their socials. You can probably see these episodes coming out on the pregame now uh, Twitter handle. Um, but yeah, come come here for as much as you can. We're going to try to give you guys as much content as we can going through the baseball season. A little bit more challenging with uh, starting pitchers being so important and trying to project rotations, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But we've got some ideas for how to do this during the regular season. Um, Hopefully gave you enough detail to start at least with some idea of these teams or at least how we think about them entering into the year. Taylor, great job. uh, And we look forward to to the next episode where hopefully we can bring, bring out some winners. Winners all day, baby. You can catch us on the next episode, pregame MLB podcast. We will see you on the next one.